Hey, welcome to Choking Hazard. I'm your host, Sean Mosen. Okay, I'm not exactly the host. I lied. Sorry. This is a horrible way to start a relationship. I'm the guest, and the guys enjoyed how I do the intro so much that they couldn't resist. They asked me to do it for them. Stick around. We're going to have an awesome conversation about old school jujitsu. Like, you talked about, like, going into the Hanzo Gracie's, like, especially at the beginning of, like, that whole jiu-jitsu revolution. Like, what were some, like, like crazy stories that, obviously, you're allowed to share that you've kind of seen coming out of that basement? Or especially even coming back into Canada? Well, you know, in Canada, again, like, I don't think people maybe know about how hard all of the the kind of early adopters of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the early students had to work to learn jiu-jitsu. I mean, people with no money were driving down to New York to train, coming back, um, just like, you know, sharing everything we could, beating the living crap out of each other. Things were also a lot rougher back in the day. Jiu-jitsu has changed uh, a lot in a lot of ways, but in some ways for the good, in some ways, maybe not necessarily for the good. But I mean, like, for example, the group of guys that I was playing around with and we were trying to learn this stuff, there was one VHS series you could buy VHS. So you bought the series, the series was hundreds of dollars. No, and it was hundreds of dollars a us and the, the, between the currency conversion and everything, I don't know what it cost, but nobody, none of us could afford it. So we all had to chip mm. in and you could pass the VHS series around. It was like, Hey, Hey, you've had it for too long. Bring it to me. And then we would all meet to try and, and do the moves we saw on the uh, videos, but we didn't have a nice matted school to go to. So what we did was we would book time on the squash court at the YMCA and we would get the one that had the door. So it wasn't like a whole glass wall. It had like a closed door. It was a closed room. And we would have somebody stand by the window and block the window. And then we would beat the crap out of each other on the squash (laughs) court. Mats? It, no, there were no mats. mats. Like nobody had mats. You know, the first time I got to grapple on a mat, I was like, "Oh my god, this is just amazing!" Throw me again. Throw me again. Back, like, back in the '90s, we uh, we we grew up very differently. You know, I, I see guys they get thrown on these like beautiful dollar mats, and they're like, you know, I'm ah, like, you have mats, man. You don't know how good that is. You know, so I mean, there was there was that. Uh, which, you know, was just incredible to go through because also everyone was so excited. If anyone learned anything, you know, again, it wasn't on the internet. So if somebody showed something, they were so careful and so attentive in the way that they tried to learn it because they were really getting something special from the person that was teaching it, you know? And I I think maybe a bit of that is lost nowadays when, you know, you're sitting in a class, there's jujitsu here, there's jujitsu up the street, there's jujitsu on the internet. You you feel like you're inundated with it. It, That specialness for a a lot of people maybe isn't there. For me, I still feel it. Like when I'm I'm with my teacher and he's showing me anything, I'm like, oh, oh, he's going to show me how to do that. He's going to show me how to do it. You know, like I'm, I'm still like a little kid. Yeah. Like you, you kind of mentioned like there's things that like change for the good and things for the bad. Like mm-hmm. what, what do you kind of feel that is? Is it more like the authenticity of like whether it's street self-defense or was it like the integration of like sport? Like, where do you kind of feel that things have changed? I, you know, I love to me. I, I like, I, I call what I teach old school jujitsu and I, I, and when people ask what it's for is I kind of think self-defense first and everything else second, but that doesn't mean that I don't like, 
you know, I don't think there's value in competition. I think it's great value in competition. And I think it's a chance for people to go and really spar against people outside of their school, um, you know, really non-cooperative. There's so much good stuff in that. That's that's fine. It's not my particular interest, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. What I think there's there's a lot of little micro things that I noticed changed over the over time, some for the better, some not. So for one example, especially for people that are new to jujitsu, there used to be a thing kind of called defending the belt, where the higher belts were not as maybe helpful and friendly as they often are now. And that was not necessarily, that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, you would have a lot of higher belts that would just smash, 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 smash and destroy all the white belts. And if you quit, you quit and whatever, you know, they weren't like going to, you know, oh, okay, I'll let you work a little bit on passing your guard. You know, it was like, no, it was like, you know, you had white belts trying to smash blue belts, the blue belts trying to smash the white belts and prove that they were, uh, you know, they were above them. And this is not great. It's not great for learning. So you ended up also with a lot of injuries that way because you have a lot of beginners trying to really literally fight their way to the next belt. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's a good uh, system. We want to take this quick moment and thank you for listening to today's episode with Sean Mosen. Remember, if you're not a subscriber, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do appreciate you joining us and we want to keep making sure we send you out more great content and more great guests. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis brand, look no further than Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. They're going to be able to help you out with all your CBD and THC products. Just remember to like them on Instagram and like us on Instagram as well, and you're going to save money every single time you shop there. Now, enough of me and back to the show. Um, so things like that kind of fading away uh, for the most part, I think is really good. It's nice when you go into a school and you see like, you know, purple belts with a white belt and is letting the white belt work. And uh, same thing with the blue belt, the blue belt's letting the white belt work. And there's less of that. I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, there was the whole Creonche thing uh, at the beginning, oh, yeah. you can go to another school and there are still schools and organizations that are still very much like that. But I also find it kind of funny that they still have that rule, but they've thrown away a lot of the other old school rules. So mm -hmm. it just kind of really shows what it's about. Back in the day, not going to another school made sense because everyone was fighting with everyone. And I mean fighting, not just going to a comp. They were having fights. So, of course, if there's a chance that, like, you know, guys from my school and guys from your school, like two gangs are going to get into a fist fight. <laughs> um, not so cool if, you know, we're teaching you. And there was no Internet and everybody was keeping secrets. And I mean, everybody was keeping secrets. It's very it was a very, very different time. So that rule kind of made sense. Now, when guys do that, that's very obviously just about business. You know, it's business and fear. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, it's I'm a hundred percent business. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm afraid you'll go to another school and see something you like there better and, you know, stop paying your membership fees. It's, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like, if, you, if you're going to kind of, you know, put all the other stuff aside, um, the other, you know, old school things, like the old school ways too, yeah. belts, man, you know, if you met a blue belt, if you met a blue belt years ago, that was a bad motherfucker. Oh my! That was like seeing like a black belt these days, basically. Yeah, like that was a that was a person not to be not to be messed with, you know. And uh, look, there are amazing blue belts now for sure, but a lot of it has changed. You know, there are places that uh, you know you can see in jujitsu. One of jujitsu's really great strong things was it was you know you couldn't get belts like candy. It hadn't gone that commercial way of a lot of other martial arts, but now it has, and it's definitely uh, will get worse over time.
because of its popularity, you know? And so that's a rough like, thing to see. So what do you what do you think like the future, like what do you see the future of jiu-jitsu being? Is it gi, no gi? Um, do you see it getting watered down further and further like karate, take your dough, I mean, taekwondo? Yeah. Um, what's the, or what do you do to kind of prevent that from happening? I think, well, a few things. I think in order to predict the future, you have to try and understand the past, right? So I mentioned it, a, a, you know, just a few minutes ago that, look, people kept secrets. And maybe if you're new, you just started jujitsu right now. And, you know, you're a white belt. You don't, you don't know about this stuff. But look, it was like there were two sets of books. There was the stuff the Brazilians were doing and then the stuff the Brazilians were showing, uh, you know, North Americans. And uh, it wasn't like they were just like, come, I'll show you exactly what uh, my brothers and I are doing. No, not really. You know, um, you get a few generations of that and you get broken telephone. You get some guys that are maybe really tough guys and uh, good athletes and, you know, dangerous on a mat, but they didn't learn the same thing their teachers learned. And then they pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. So sometimes things get watered down that way. You know, that, that keeping secrets ended up hurting jujitsu in, in a big way. Um, I, when it comes to gi and no gi, I do not understand at all. People <laughs> only want to do one of those things. Like, that's like, you, you tell me, I only eat Mexican food. And you go, yeah, but I have some really nice pasta over here. And it's delicious, you know? And you're like, no, just eat these tacos. I'm like, I love tacos. <laughs> tacos are really good. But, uh, you know, we're having steak tonight. Would you like that? No, I have tacos, you know? So one, if you love jujitsu, why wouldn't you want to do it both ways? And also the way that I was taught jujitsu, I'll be honest with you, there's not a huge difference between gi and no gi. So when I take my gi off, my jujitsu is still there. When I put a gi on, my jujitsu is still there. I, I don't get <laughs> why anybody would, you know, I get to do some cool chokes with a jacket and for self-defense, it's great to, to train with the clothes because especially where we live, you know, we wear jackets and we wear pants. I'm not running around in a Speedo in Copacabana all day. So it makes sense. And well, I, at I, least I, I hope you're not running around in a Speedo in like Quebec when it's like minus 40. Oh, that is such a <laughs> Quebec thing to do though, my man. It's Let me tell I, you some I, stories. <laughs> I asked online just because I know it would be like a provocative question. And I said, gear, no gi for self-defense. And, and the people who write in and they go, no gi is way more realistic. Are you getting Ow. into fights in a bathhouse? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, and I mean, like, it is Quebec. It is Quebec. Know, again, <laughs> yeah, fair point. But it's like, they, I don't understand how you could not understand that because they write, nobody walks around in a, in a gi. It's actually really simple. The jacket is just a jacket. The pants are just pants. That's really all it is. And the reason why it's that is because that material is much tougher. We don't have to buy new clothes every time we train. Uh, but that's it. So if, if you ever have any thought that you might get into a fight wearing clothes, good to know how to fight with a gi on. Good, good to train that. And it's fun with no gi also. It's, it's faster. It's slippery. It's kind of, you know, it's cool. So again, like to me, it's like, why not do it? In terms of your, you know, whether I think jujitsu will get watered down more, yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, um, it absolutely will. It's super popular, and things that are very popular um, often, you know, 
they become a way you can make a living. They become a way you can make money. And there's always that temptation to uh, run things a certain way, you know, like, um, you know, the old school karate guys didn't start out like handing out belts like candy and having belt tests. And they, they didn't start like that. But, you know, karate kid happened. Everybody wanted to do karate. And then they were like, hey, wait a minute, man, there's 300 people in the school. If I charge them 50 bucks, you know, for a belt test. Hey, if I keep giving belt tests, holy shit, I can buy a country house. Like, okay, right. I get, I get it. So, you know, you'll have that, but you'll also have people um, that will be kind of be holdouts and then they'll talk about the old days and try and do it a certain way. And uh, you'll have that group. You'll have people that want to train that way and don't care about the belt and just want to learn jujitsu. Um, you'll have people that are like, yeah, I do jujitsu, but, you know, they never maybe sparred a day in their life and they somehow magically get belts and other stuff. So you'll, you'll have it all, um, you know, and to some degree, a little bit of it all is not a bad thing because, you know, you don't have to be the toughest person in the world, but jujitsu will help you in a lot of different ways if you can just go in and, and get some sort of practice get something out of it so you know it's it, it's just nice every time i do run into like you see certain organizations that really do a, a really good job at of you know trying to keep some authentic jujitsu around some jujitsu that you can use in a fight and, you know like the guys like from the straight blast gyms and uh, matt thornton's group you know that's a good example this is there's a guy who, you know, does a really good job of, uh, you know, trying to preserve that. And uh, my teacher, Henry Akins, uh, you know, it's a straight up old school jujitsu guy, black belt under uh, Hickson. And uh, yeah, that's uh, what he's all about. That old school, simple jujitsu. So question for you, I'm going to dust this one off, Aaron. This is the one we haven't asked in a while. So uh, I think this one has maybe one or two in the wind column, but we're talking about, you know, Self-defense, you got a jacket on, you got pants on. So will a Barambolo work in a street fight? Yes or no? <laughs> Look, I will tell you a story. I know some guys that maybe would, over the years, that have done the, maybe, I won't say what martial art, but maybe the least effective martial arts a human being could study. And these guys could make anything work, right? And they have made, it, have made these things work in a fight. So when somebody says, like, will a Baron Bolo work in a street fight? It, that to me is not the question. The question is, if you come to me and you say, Sean, I'd like to learn jujitsu. And I said, what for? And you say, well, I want to get in shape. And also, not that I'm getting into fights every day, but if I ever got into a fight, if I'm going to train something for the next 5, 10, 15, 100 years, whatever, I'd like to be able to use it. I want it to actually work. I say, cool. All right. What's going to help this person most of the time? right? What should I spend my time teaching them? What's the assets that they need, right? Listen, if this dude is athletic and he's got some, you know, he's in the right situation, can he make a Baron Bolo work? Okay, sure. You know, should I go in and spend time teaching my guys Baron Bolo if we're really interested in self-defense? What am I not doing while we're doing that? Could we have taken the same amount of time? Let's say 30 minutes. We're going to work on Baron Bolo. 30 minutes on Baron Bolo or 30 minutes on closing the gap against uh, a wild striker, making sure you can get in safe without taking damage, get the clinch, use your headbutts and knees um, in the clinch to set up a hip throw. It's the same 30 minutes, but what's going to be a better use of time? So possibly you're going to be able to use the Baron Bolo, but I know that if we use the 30 minutes for what I just described, that's going to serve more people more of the time. So that's what I, that's what I teach. And in my curriculum, I 
I even tell my students, I'm like, look, there's things that people do in jujitsu from this position. This position doesn't really exist for me because I'm thinking about fighting. So because I'm thinking about fighting, I'm not teaching you deep half. Like it's fine. We can grapple. You can go deep half on a person and get sweeps. And I said, but it's not part of my game. I'm not going to spend my week training it because I'm not going deep half on a guy who can pound me into the pavement. So I'm going to make space. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to keep my head away from this guy. I'm going to get back to my feet. I'm going to get on top or I'm going to get a standing. So I don't, I don't teach those things and I don't train them because that's not, it's not my interest. My interest is, like I said, self-defense first and then everything else second. You hear that, Aaron? Don't pull out the lapel and flop your butt and try to defend yourself. Oh, that's well, your you don't. Game, put, you don't flop. You, you never <laughs> flop to your butt anyway. <laughs> my game. <laughs> if you flop to your butt, uh, then uh, this is uh, no good. I, uh, you know, crawl, crawl on top of me and meet your doom, attacker. With oh, a knife. I, I love that clip. That's the best clip. No, but like that's the thing. Is like even with even with the even with the um, you know pulling guard. You know, I tell my guys. Pulling guard is a tactical retreat, and sometimes it makes sense. So you can't be so narrow-minded that we say, like, ah, no pulling guard. I mean, we joke about it, but I'm like, man, sometimes it might be the only thing to do. But better to do a sacrifice throw. And if you screw the sacrifice throw up, then, yeah, you've pulled guard. Okay, but I'm not going to just go and sit to my ass and pull a big guy on top of me and definitely not going to do that in a fight, but I'm not even going to do that rolling. Like, you know, you're a ground fighter, but you can't take it to the ground. Mm, no, like, you know, you have to, you have to practice on your feet. You have to be comfortable on your feet. And this is also one of the best things for self-defense. And what a lot of people don't understand when they're like sitting there typing on the internet, they're like, the ground's the last place you want to go in a fight, real fight, man. I guess you've never been in a real fight in life or death, man. Guess what? The people who are the best at not going to the ground are people who can fight on the ground, dumbass. If you know how to fight on the ground and you know how to take people to the ground and stop experts from taking you to the ground, shit, that's exactly what you need in a fight. You know, jujitsu is no good against multiple attackers. Yeah, right? Because all that jujitsu would be teaching you how to stay on your feet against multiple attackers and how to move and how to deal with them grabbing you. Get the shit kicked out of you if you fall like, on your own. It's so <laughs> the level of stupid. I thought in 93, because I started training martial arts when I was seven. So I was indoctrinated and experienced all the different levels of stupid. And I'm old enough, as you can see, that I went through the 80s phase where everybody wanted to be a ninja. So <laughs> I, have, I have literally heard every stupid martial art myth and probably at one point believed every stupid martial art myth, you know, like, oh, a guy from that style beat that guy at this time, you know. So we went through all of it. I thought after watching the first few UFCs that like, holy crap, now everyone's awake. Now we, we really have seen, you know, the truth of things. And uh, it's amazing. <laughs> How, how quickly people forgot like people have just gone completely like it never happened and now it's like all right back to you know oh if he grabs you you slap him in a gallbladder six and pull his ear and then when he goes out you cross up his legs and slap his back it's like oh we're back to that like you guys are believing that again like it's it's wild how people just have these crazy ideas uh, and it's, you know, sad in a way, but that's the beautiful thing about jujitsu is like, you can test, you can have ideas and you can test them and you can test them in a way where we don't have to be concussed. 
you can tell me like, hey, man, this is a great way to pass guard. And I can go, is it? And you can go, here, let's do it. And then you can pass my guard and I can go, oh, yeah, okay. I didn't see it. That's cool. You know, let's, let's, let's work on that, you know, and we can work it really hard and safe. So it's awesome. So let me ask you this. Cause like when you see all this bullshit, again, like social media has just exploded on, especially like in these times, like social media is like King now, right? Where you anything, you can get anything, anytime you want. And then yeah. when you see like Detroit, dust units and all this shit happening yeah. on the internet and people are either taking it with a grain of salt and going oh this is bullshit or it's like oh this could work in real life like as a Aaron, it's mind, real to me damn it i know it's, it's real, real to you to right? me, damn it. yeah but like but like as a pure martial artist where it's like obviously like like training with i've had the pleasure of training with henry Aikens before where like that jujitsu is just completely different from like a sport competition where you feel the pressure of these of this individual on top oh, of yeah. you and it's completely different right and you see yeah. this shit and then you're like how infuriating it can be because it's like yeah. you're trying to teach people like whether it's a joke or not, oh, you could do this. Like this shit could get people killed. I don't know if it's going to get people killed because I don't know if he really has any students. I mean, like uh, what's his name from McDojo Life insists the guy is actually teaching people. I, I go back and forth with that, with that, you know, guy from Detroit where I'll see a video and I immediately want to put my testicles in a drawer and slam the drawer shut and just cause so much pain that I, I almost may just spit your beer out, man. And I, I just want to end it. I, I can't take another <laughs> spit his testicles out. <laughs> I, I, I can't take another second of it, you know? And then I also look at him and I go, okay, look, objectively, he has an earpiece in, like he's pretending he's on comms. Okay. He's dressed like, I don't know what the appropriate way to say it would be. I'm trying to figure out the, the, the security task force. No, it's, it's, but it's someone who is um, mentally challenged, got dressed up for Halloween as a security guard. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Um, his, we'll leave his, it at that. We're trying not yeah. to get canceled here. His, <laughs> his partners are wearing pseudo football gear. Right. Like everything about this screams ridiculously stupid. So, right. Devil's advocate. One, it's a very, you know, method joke that's been taken too far or B, he's dead serious. He's training people. But anyone who would go to a person dressed like that, showing what he's showing. Probably we don't need them here anyways. They're, they're probably not con contributing a lot. Right to society. This is a group of really kind of these are the people that would be eaten first in a zombie apocalypse. Let's just put it that gotcha. way. So, okay. so, so I'm not I'm not super worried. I don't I don't think like anyone we need around is is following this guy. Um, you know, but look, it's a bit frustrating. But at the same time, I always say like because guys will send me videos and they're going, look at this crap, look at this garbage, and I go, look, it's the internet. The internet is making everyone dumber. We have, we went from, we had nothing where like in, just in terms of jujitsu, you, you had to travel to learn mm -hmm. and to now everything's at your fingertips. You can just open the computer and you could see all this amazing stuff. Right. But we haven't actually got smarter because we have all this at our fingertips. The problem is everyone has a voice. Everyone's an expert. And the truth is if everyone's an expert, no one's an expert. 
And it's very rare now. It's becoming more and more rare to actually meet real experts. Like you were saying, you got to meet Henry and you got to feel Henry's pressure. When you feel Henry's jujitsu, it'll blow your mind, literally. And you realize you're like, this is special. This is some, something different than the other people that I've been around. You know, and even myself, I had trained with a lot of good guys, really good guys, but I had never felt anything like Henry's jujitsu until I felt it. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, that's why you, you need to be hungry that way that the early guys were before you had access to everything. And, mm-hmm. and I think if you really want to learn and it could be jujitsu, it could be anything. If you really want to learn, you've got to really be excited enough to do the work. And that might mean sacrificing and, and getting on a plane. That might mean, uh, you know, like having to drive two hours to get to the gym that, you know, is the one that has what you really want. I mean, you, you've got to do it. Otherwise you're going to get, a mall cop with a comms unit, you know, showing you garbage. <laughs> like you, you, it, you're responsible for who teaches you. You know, I, I'll tell you the story of how I met Henry, and this is what I mean about you got to sacrifice and be willing, and you learn what you learn, and, and you get what you get, right? So um, at that point, Hickson had nothing out really video wise, right? Like now he's got some stuff online, but he had no instructionals. So I see this ad pop up for this guy, Henry Akins, and it's, uh, you know, one of his online things. And, um, you know, it's, I'm looking at it and it's, you know, Henry and he's like a Hicks and Gracie black belt. And I'm like, Oh, cool. This might be worth checking out because you could see a bit of maybe what, you know, Hickson taught him. So I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should get it. Yeah. You know, the marketing was a little over the top, but at the same time, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to pull the trigger on this. So I get it. I'm looking at the stuff in the way he's explaining it's the exact opposite of everything I was taught. And I'm like, this guy doesn't know anything. What an idiot. I'm like, this is horrible. You know, I'm like, I just wasted all this money. And I'm like, ah, crap. And I'm like, ah, well, you know what? I should try and do something from it because like the money's gone. So like, all right. So I watched a couple videos try and get like as much detail as I can. And then I go roll with a bunch of guys, good guys, some black belts. First two black belts, I tapped out with uh, what I saw from Henry's uh, videos. I was, I was more shocked than they were. And I caught them with really basic shit. I, I caught one guy with a cross collar choke and another guy with an Americana from the mount. And both the cross collar choke guy was sitting there like this after. <laughs> Just like this. And I go, hey, are you good? Man? Like you okay? I didn't hurt you. And he goes, Mm, I'm fine. <laughs> and then he, it was one of those like philosophical. He's like evaluating his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, and he just looks at me and he goes, "We've all had those. We've yeah, all goes, had those moments." I think. Yeah, I he goes, goes "I, uh, I don't honestly remember the last time someone caught me in a cross collar choke. What the hell did you, you just do? You know?" And honestly, I was like, I'm, "I'm not really sure what I just did." I literally, I went home. I, I saw my girlfriend and I go, we got to go to California. She's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we got to go like as soon as we can go. I got to go meet this guy, Henry. And she's like, why? And I told her, I go, because I saw his video. And I, <laughs> I, I thought he was wrong about everything things, in his things video. Things to tell your girlfriend for a thousand. I got to go meet this guy. Yeah, we got to go to California, you know? And <laughs> gotta go to California. Okay. She's used to me coming in and just saying random weird shit. So I was like, we got to go to California and uh, like now. And uh, I, I thought everything the guy said in the video was wrong. Turns out I'm wrong. 
uh, I might be wrong about everything that I think that I know. So we got to get on a plane. And I sent Henry a message and I was like, Hey, I want to come up for Canada. Yeah. Can we do a private? Can we do it? And he was like, yeah, no problem. He says, come, come to class first too, you know? And I was like, okay, right on. And uh, yeah, I jumped on a plane, went out there and did the class and class was amazing. Blew my mind. And then we did the private. I was just sitting there staring at him and I'm like, honestly, and I saw your video, I thought you didn't know what the fuck you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> no one has ever shown me any of the stuff you just showed me. How come I don't know it? And then he just smiled at me. <laughs> and now years later, I know, I know, I, I see that smile because I've seen other people, you know, train with him over the years. And the same thing, they say the exact same thing that I said to him that day. And, uh, you know, there's, I've seen guys standing there at his seminars, black belts, you know, third, three stripes, and they're looking at me and they're like, well, fuck, I wish you knew that 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm sitting there and Henry's got the same look on his face. And he's just like, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's, well, you know, now that's cool. You know? <laughs> So, yeah, like you, you, you've got to be and not everybody's willing, of course, to to go to those lengths. But I think if if you really love the thing, um, then that's what you do. Right. And uh, yeah, like when people ask me, they're like, oh, like when I first started training with Henry, they're like, what are you working on? I'm like, tactical get up. <laughs> they were like, what? And I go, no, I'm not being funny. And I go, Henry does it differently. And so I'm fixing my tactical getup. I'm fixing my guard. I'm fixing my cross collar. I'm fixing my basics. I'm, I'm changing them, you know? And uh, they're like, why? And I'm like, this, this is working better for me. So that's it. That, that's what I want. I want my jujitsu to work. And I want, I think I can also help more people showing them this way. So, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to relearn my basics and yeah, but that's it. And, and I'm still as excited today uh, training jujitsu as I ever was even more so, you know, I'm supposed to go uh, see Henry in uh, February, hopefully if we can fly and if I can pass all the tests to get on the plane and the rectal exam that they're going to give me and they check my teeth or whatever the hell they're going to do, you know, a prostate exam. I don't know what it is now. I think you got to get, you get two prostate exams. One is like before one is on the plane um in the aisle or something i i, I, I they, they but they One say they, what the strap they, on that, i think they, that's a random that's I, a I random you might not get yeah. chosen but maybe it's a random that's the thing that that was it they you're don't randomly do selected with, for the strap on yeah they don't do it with everyone it's like if you're cute so yeah <laughs> if, if that happens then it'll be all right and we'll make it to uh, costa rica and i get to train with him uh you know then but yeah i'm pumped and you know people always ask like they'll they'll ask me oh what do you think you're gonna do with this and it's like it's gonna be basics but <laughs> What are you going to yeah. do, shrimp? <laughs> shrimp? Clean up my shrimping. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, literally, if Henry came out and goes, man, I want to clean up your shrimping, I'd be like, yeah, fucking right on. Let's clean up my shrimping. You know? Yeah. Aaron, what's your – have you been to the Henry Yankin seminar? They, I think you've been so, to one a while ago. So I did. I went to um, – Your experience with it was a, Henry. With Henry! Henry! But, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, because I came from, like um, – my first original school was, like um, – it was Silvio Bearing Association. So they were heavily based on like self-defense. That's what we really kind of focused on. And when we started kind of getting a little bit more into competition, so that's where I kind of switched schools and it was heavy focus on like, again, we did self-defense, but it was a lot of competition, right? So that's kind of basically where my game kind of developed as, as I became a purple belt and moved into brown belt. But then when I switched into my school where I'm currently at with uh, Dave and Toma, we went back to the basics of like, okay, back to the Henry Aiken style of like, pressure and really building up your um your guard game building up 
uh, top pressure, everything. And mm-hmm. so I had the opportunity to go to Toronto Police College and do a Henry Aiken seminar there. And basically it was all about length and just being an Afghard and finding length through there so you can get punched in the face. And just like little tweaks and just seeing the difference between how he played his game compared to where it was learning from different was like eye-opening. And I was like, wow. And like my school right now is like a Hobson Moore school, whereas again, Hobson Moore is like a small guy, but he guy can move like crazy and it's great technique, but like the difference of like trying to simplize things and then obviously movement are totally different crosses, which I really found fascinating. Yeah, it's cool when you see Henry, uh, when you're working on, let's say, open guard or something, and it's the same thing over and over again. He said, can he, can he touch your face? Can he touch yeah, you? Like one exactly. of the things he always does is you'll, you'll be – and what's cool about that and what sometimes people misunderstand, I think, when, when people say like the self-defense jujitsu also helps the sport jujitsu, but not the reverse way. And sometimes people get pissy about that. But if you're if you don't get emotional for a second and you just kind of try and understand what what you know people who say that are talking about, uh, it's this. In that example, you're stretching out. Let's say you're doing knee shield, right? So you got your knee shield on the guy. You uh, you're and you're on your shoulder, you're sideways. You really stretch out. So when the person tries to touch your face, they can't touch your face. You're safe from punches. Also, they're further away from trying to pass your guard. So it's helping in terms of a fight, and it's also helping jujitsu against jujitsu. Now, that's not to say that, oh, a, a person who does sport jujitsu can't defend himself in a fight. Like a, a person who's, you know, good at, at and going to jujitsu competitions is in a better position to defend himself in the street than the average person for sure. Like, you know, I, I don't think a reasonable person would, would say that, uh, say anything against that. But certain sport techniques right or certain approaches to sport and not thinking about being punched in the face right don't help you for the fight situations and sometimes people i think mistakenly go well look bro if i'm in a fight i'm not going to do that well yeah you are because if you train that six seven days a week mm-hmm. and you'll do get it into anything you'll do it like you'll do what you do in a fight right if if i'm if i'm at home and every time somebody speaks to me, I go, hey, fuck your mother. And I practice that. Every time somebody says something, you can say anything to me. My response is, fuck your mother. When I go out of my house and somebody says something to me, there's a pretty good likelihood I'm going to yell at the person to go fuck their mother. Because that's what I train <laughs> all the time. So don't tell me, oh, well, I would never do that move in a fight. I, I just do that two hours a day in the gym. It's like, of course you would. Just like you're not going to spin kick a guy in the head if you've never thrown a kick in your life. That would be unrealistic to think. So it's the same thing when you're training. So, you know, um, that's why I kind of I kind of really love that, you know, self-defense and old school jujitsu, because, yeah, man, if we want to just do jujitsu against jujitsu, no problem, because the habits I'm creating are good for that. And the habits that I'm creating are good to keep my you know face from getting uglier. Yeah, I think like also, too, it's. Not that it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's simple because it's, it's complex. Like it's simple, but it's complex. Yeah. So like you're, you're creating simple movements for individuals to learn quickly, but there's a lot of information and complexity in those yeah. movements for sure. Yeah. And that's the beauty of jujitsu. And like, I know like sometimes you see students get frustrated and they're like, this is hard. And it's like, look, jujitsu is hard. It's hard to apply jiu- to use jujitsu 
against somebody who's resisting. It's, it's hard to do because it's real. You have to really be able to do it. It takes timing. It, there's a lot of things going on. So it's going to take time. On the other hand, you're absolutely right. Really, jujitsu is simple. It can be really, really simple. And it has to be simple because that's the stuff that works. You know, I remember I was watching my girlfriend in a class. He was training somewhere else. And uh, a guy showed a move. The instructor showed like a six, seven step move. And I wasn't training that day. And she just kind of looked over at me like, and I was just like, you know, and then we get in the current. She goes, the fuck was that? And I go, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And she's six, like, would you I go, 17 step arm bar? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like. I, I go, I'm going to be dead honest with you. Cause she goes, do you, do you understand what he was showing? Could you, can you show it to me? I go, I'm going to be honest with you. At about the fifth or sixth step, I stopped paying attention. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> I'm like, I, I tuned out. I was watching something else in the room. I'm like, I have no interest in, in what just happened at all. And uh, I said, I think your life will be much better if you can forget the last hour of your life. Just, it didn't happen. You, just, just think. Just consider you went to the gym, did some push-ups and some abs. That that's what happened. Just You're forget about all the oh, yeah, forget about all that nonsense that you know you were just shown. It was like some cool Cirque du Soleil shit, but it's nothing you ever <laughs> want to do rolling. Again. You know, it would make a uh, a nice video. You could put it on the gram, and you could maybe get like a comms unit and <laughs> shoulder pads, dress up yeah, like shoulder, a the village shoulder pads, you know? dressed up, and yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's best for that. I want, to, kinda, I want to pivot a little. Oh, no. Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. I want, I want, go for it, Aaron. We'll do it live. Go live. We'll, we'll do it live. Um, I, want to, I want to pivot a little bit. I want to talk about training. You have a, you know, a kettlebell course. I want to talk about a little bit mm -hmm. of that in a break um, further on. But just, you know, the last two years have been pretty rough for, you know, fitness industry, the service industry, martial yeah. arts industry. Um, do you have any advice for anybody who's like a personal trainer out there, somebody who's running a martial arts school such as yourself or, you know, people are, you know, or just jiu-jitsu practitioners are just discouraged right now. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's a lot of fitness trainers that are, I know personally and Aaron knows personally are just, they've left the industry. They're just like, we can't yeah. handle this anymore. Like we need some form of stability or just like, we can't sure. like, you know, we can't, I can't conduct business and like go into a lockdown every six months. Like this is going to no, it's. I mean, it's brutal. It's absolutely savage. And it's, it's, we were kind of talking about it before we, we went live, but it's really, really rough. So the, the very first thing that I can say, because there's a lot going on that we can't control, like, look, we're, I'm going to lock down here. It's illegal for me to go open my business, you know? So that's horrible and it's stressful and it's a lot of things and I can't control it, you know? Um, so what can you control? One of the first things you can control is keep yourself in shape. Train, you know, even if I'm locked in my house, I can train, you know, I can, I can do something, get up, do a push up. because look, this is all really stressful and this is depressing. You know, like I, if I really start to sit and think about like my students and, you know, all the, the great gains they've made in the last little while since we've been able to open up and the new ones that have come in and how good it's been for everyone's mental health. And then now this, I start to get really bummed out, you know, like, and especially because like you guys, you know, you've been training a long time, you know, people will come in get really fall in love with something. It can have a great impact on their life. Unfortunately, if they stop training for one or two weeks for any reason, mm -hmm. for a lot of people that can be it, they won't go back. 
they, they just kind of like, you know, they lose momentum. If they're out for a month, they're like, Oh, I'm out of shape. I don't know. I'm going to get, I'm going to get crushed. I don't want to start again. You know, a lot of people fall off of that and it really could drastically change the course of their life because they're not going to get this great thing that they had. So when I start thinking about these things, I get really bummed out and I realize, okay, look, I I can't control that where we can't train that way right now. So what can I control? I got to keep myself in shape. So like, you know, I went today, uh, you know, and I I got a good workout. I made sure like, you know, I'm feeling good. Even for tonight's like, I want to get on. I want to talk. I don't want to be like, so it's like man i gotta gotta get moving gotta i gotta get a pump good. on i gotta look good on the camera you know no, I, gotta, I gotta flex it up i gotta do something you know so it's like <laughs> no, let me do a couple of push-ups i don't look like some sort of bum you know and no so keep yourself in shape that's number one number two whatever you can do with your students you should be doing to keep them on track too so like you know we pivoted we have everybody online and they're doing like workouts with us and everything and and you know a lot of them that like you know they're like cool they're online they're working out they're feeling good some of them like oh, i hate online i'm like of course you hate online i want to be in the gym hitting the bag you know and strangling you i, I don't want to be going okay everybody how you doing on zoom i don't want to do that i said <laughs> but if we can stay in shape if we can fight this you know we're supposed to be training to fight so let's fight let's keep going even though it sucks let's let's do the work and when we get back in the gym we're not going to have lost time we're not going to be going in there going man i got no endurance i got no this i got no no we're going to come in and we're going to be like yeah i feel good we're in shape right we've been still training we trained five days this week online so it's like you know everybody's still good to go so I'm, i want that for them and for the guys that own, you know, gyms and everything, everybody's just trying to stay afloat. One really good piece of advice, though, that, you know, I picked up a, a long time ago. And I think when guys and, and girls, anybody who's got a gym out there, a lot of the time, gym owners, business owners, we look at somebody who's got a big fancy gym, and we kind of covet that because man, it's sexy, right? It's like you walk in and you're like, that sexy matted area. It's like, it's huge. I could put 50 people on there beating the crap out of each other. <gasps> look over there and look at all that, the heavy bags. They got a heavy bag station set up. Fuck, this place is big enough. I could put an octagon in it. I'd get some infrared saunas, you know? <laughs> you're like You're like, oh, this place is sick. I want that. I got like a shitty little box somewhere, you know, with some, you know, like, and people want that big sexy, but you know what? The big sexy, a lot of those folded already. They were the first yeah. to go. It's the guys that had like these smaller gyms. Look, I have a small gym and, uh, you know, it's like your typical garage door in a warehouse kind of thing. You know, it's, it's very small. We roll the mats out. We roll them back for kickboxing. And when we're doing our kettlebells and stuff, you know, um, but it's got a low rent and, you know, it's the kind of place that, you know, you hopefully can endure this craziness. So one of my instructors years ago used to tell me like, you know, he'd see like a guy walking around like that and he would look at me and this guy was in really good shape. He was in, he was in his sixties, but he was shredded and he'd look at me and he goes, you know what, Sean, lean and mean, that's better for survival. You know, he goes, not that. And then uh, we were talking about something in business and he goes, remember what I said? And I said, what? And he goes, lean and mean. It's better for survival. So the big bloated, you know, gym, it's like the big bloated guy. It's not so great for surviving when the shit really hits the fan. Lean and mean is better. So if you can and you can weather the storm, try to stay a little bit lean and, uh, you know, and mean enough that you can make your way through this. It's hard. It's unfortunate. A lot of a lot of trainers, like you said, have left. 
Um, and a lot were pumped to come back. Like we just started giving kettlebell service. I just gave a kettlebell certification in Toronto and, you know, people were packing it in and uh, I was excited. I went back, I flew in, uh, you know, I had a lot of great trainers there. They, they took the course. We had uh, other ones that are getting ready to sign up for, you know, more courses. And unfortunately they locked everything down. So, you know, we moved it online. I've got one, I think online in March and I've got an Indian club course coming up as well online and people are starting to sign up for that. So the people are there and those trainers are kind of doing what I said. They're like still training themselves. They're still improving their skills. They're, you know, ready to come out and, and go to work. And uh, that's it. You got to just kind of try and get your way through this craziness. Yeah. So, so the like, Indian clubs, sorry, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I, 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 I need to cut you ask. off. This is, this is an extremely important question. Indian clubs. Did you yeah. or did you not learn these from the Iron Sheik? Can you <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> yeah. They are, I, I got to tell you, you know, like for grapplers, um, like I always tell everybody that like light clubs is the one tool I always use in my gym. I have, it's a small gym, but I have a really, as you can imagine, a really well-equipped gym. I mean, I have like strongman log, 80 kilo slam balls. I got like all kinds of toys, right? And then, cause most of the stuff I had, you know, made for me when we make our equipment so I can make it to whatever specs I wanted. But the light clubs is the one thing I always use. It doesn't matter. It's like, if I'm going in there to do jujitsu, oh, light clubs, it's going to be great. Wrists, shoulders, elbows, like, come on. Like, amazing for warming up, right? And my scap. Like, you ever get off the mat and you're like, you know, they got the jujitsu back, question mark, you know? You're like this, and the middle of your back feels like shit from being stacked up. Mm, the clubs are amazing for that, you know, and sh keeping your shoulders healthy. So it doesn't matter if I'm going to do handstands. doesn't matter if I'm going to do kettlebells, if I'm going to, you know, lift the barbell, calisthenics, jujitsu, anything, kickboxing, whatever I'm going to do, I grab the light clubs, especially in the winter. You know, I'll walk to my gym because it's not that far. And even when it's like minus 20, I don't care. I'll walk. It keeps me from turning into a total pussy, um, you know, so I'll, I'll get there. And then also I got like the ice in my beard. So I feel like I come in and I'm like, boom, I shake and ice flies everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do this. Um, but I grab the clubs because you guys know it's hard to warm up, like really warm up. You know, you do some bullshit you know, quick warm up, trying to get to like roll. And then the next thing you know, you're like, ah, my neck, hang on. Uh, that's good. I'll be, off. I'll be off for two weeks now. Yeah. You know, somebody's gonna have to drive me home because I can't turn. Right. But you go in there and I'm like, man, give me the clubs for 10 minutes. And it's just like, ah, good. I feel good. Let's go. So, so it's such an awesome tool. So, cause like you kind of mentioned before, like obviously the, the kettlebell courses that you've been offering and you've been doing this for years. So how did it like, your, even your kettlebell evolution even start? Was it kettlebells first, then martial arts, or was it? Very no, I started martial arts when I was seven. So the yeah. very first martial art I did was uh, judo. And uh, I started when I was seven. And like most little kids, I was obsessed with Bruce Lee. And, you know, um, I, I trained traditional karate for a long time. And I was, I was lucky that when I, you know, my traditional karate instructor was a maniac, but he was also like die hard old school karate. Like, can, like and it, yeah, it was it was similar, but it was Shuto Ryu, Ito Sukai. Okay, Shuto Ryu. Right. Yeah, and he was, and I mean, this guy, he would have like you know a hundred students in the school one day, and then he would like basically you know kill everyone, and like he would yeah. have three left. You know, like he didn't, get, <laughs> like, you, didn't you didn't get a. I think seven people got black belts with him seven yeah. and the guy taught for like you know decades but he was just like you know you'll never get a black belt you're a worthless pussy i will watch <laughs> i literally watched like i watched johnny and cobra kai or you know sometimes i would go and people would be like um 
I would watch like some, like I told you some ninja movie or something. And it would be like torturing the kids in, you know, some like, you know, assassination camp where they're training them to be ninjas and they'd be torturing them. And I'd go, eh, that's not that bad. My teacher was way worse. You know? <laughs> when, when I was 13, I was in, uh, you know, in this traditional karate stance, and uh, you're supposed to have your back leg straight. And he came by and he corrected. He said, straighten your back leg. And uh, the second time he came around, he didn't correct me again because he had already told me to straighten my back leg. He took a schnai, which is a you know bamboo sword, right? Mm -hmm. And he I, he broke it off of me. So I was there in a position, and I just I I I don't even remember hearing the sound. I just remember the shards flying in front of me from behind. So that's how I learned karate. And uh, so <laughs> coming up in in that. Um, you know, kind of really colored all of my experiences. And for some reason, like almost all of my teachers have, have either been like that or cut from a similar, uh, a similar cloth. They were all kind of old school. Um, so I did that. And then I found the kettlebells later. I was looking for, you know, I was teaching guys a bunch of different things and I was looking for something that would be good for martial arts, but, you know, wasn't bodybuilding was something different. I was training some some Russian guys that showed me some cool lifts, like bent press and some kind of like circusy style lifting. I was like, oh, well, this is cool. This is different. And this would be like useful, you know, like because we could get stronger, but it wasn't, again, bodybuilding. And uh, they mentioned kettlebells. And so I ended up kind of interested in kettlebells. I ended up uh, training in the States. I was like one of the first Canadians to go down and uh, do the RKC when it first just happened. And then uh, I ended up training in Russia. And uh, training in Russia was great because I got to see actually like the North American way to do kettlebells is very much the North American way to do kettlebells. It doesn't look like what they, mm -hmm. they do in Russia, even though everybody calls like this, the Russian swing. Th that's not how Russians swing kettlebells at all. So, um, you know, if you take a field trip and you actually go train with Russians, it looks very different. It is very mm -hmm. different. Um, so, um, yeah. And then over time, I, I started to teach uh, across the country. And then all over the world. So I've literally taught uh, everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's been fun because then I get to also sometimes train, do some jujitsu when I'm when I'm traveling and uh, also, you know, get to help people with this. And I'm hoping that, you know, we get back to that and everything gets opened. Like one of the hardest things with what's going on and we know is that, you know, you have this kind of interesting problem because on the one hand if people are fitter they have a better chance of fighting off things like this right yeah. and on the other hand the concern is well if everybody's together training then there's a good likelihood that somebody's going to get sick so you know the powers that be need to be a little little bit better at figuring out and uh, you know letting certain you know ways of training continue rather than just making blanket statements and and shutting things down you know there's a it, it, with a little bit more thought i think you can do it like, yeah I think, we, I think you said originally there has to be like a middle ground like it can't be just like yeah it can't be just we're gonna throw an orgy in the gym but at the same time we can't just well you know like i i know anything. at least in montreal there were a lot of you know jujitsu and let's say mma school owners that were talking about like man like we'll just bubble people and you know like hey like maybe you know like hey you're you're gonna be my partner for the duration of the pandemic however long that is i'm only gonna grapple with you 
And that would be really good. And okay, we're going to spread it out, guys. We're not going to have everybody on top of each other in the mats. We are going to spread this out a little bit more. So you're going to have to book in. And that's what, like, when we were allowed to do that, we were doing that. And uh, there were no problems. There were no incidents. There were nothing. Everything was like wiped down 500 times. And I, and I, we, that's what we did. We just bubbled people. And it's like, listen, you're just going to train with him. And we also told people, like, look, if you want to keep this going, I don't want you rolling with your cousin on the weekend. I don't want like, keep, keep it to, this is who you're training with. This is your training partner. Don't go train with other people for right now. Just let's do this so that we know, and we're, you know, be respectful to the group and, and, you know, be able to keep our group going and it was working. So, and I, I don't think that's any more unreasonable or dangerous than all the activities you see, like the thousands of people in shopping malls and all the other crap that we see. And, And that's, what's, hard and infuriating because you know gym owners trainers everybody's worked really really hard and done everything that we've been asked to do and we're still getting shit on and um you know it's really difficult and it's difficult when politicians come out and go well we have a lot of hard decisions to make well it's not a hard decision for you dickwad you're you're not suffering you're still getting paid you're still doing everything you want to do how is that a hard decision you know yeah that's not a hard decision. You just like, so what? There'll be a couple more mean tweets about you on uh, on Twitter. And it's like, no, like you're, you're not suffering. Everybody else is. So, um, you know, hopefully it'll open soon. Yeah. No, I used the example the other day. Like, I'm not sure what it's like in um, Quebec, but like, I'll use the example was like a chiropractic uh, clinic or where physiotherapy or RMT that can be open. But let's just say right beside that place was like a single person, tr- single training studio, right. Yep. And it's just a personal trainer doing work with one person. That's not yep. allowed, but yep. we can have a physio and all that. But wait a second, we'll just give them a mask. No, you can't be open. I'm like, so explain the logic then. I don't know. Oh, there's no logic. Like, at it, all. it doesn't make any sense. Like, Montreal, it's not to make sense of something that doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah, exactly. In Montreal, they opened up the tattoo parlors. So a guy can be rubbing you with, you know, like a tattoo gun. For like for a couple hours too, because yeah. you're not going in there for like. Yeah, and that's minutes. okay. And also all the massage parlors, which I mean, it's a massage parlor. It's not like you're going to a physio for real massage. It's, you know, a whorehouse. So <laughs> like... <laughs> Come on. Like, how can you go for a massage? You know, that's how okay. you air quote massage. A massage. Yeah, a massage parlor in Montreal is like open like 24 hours, right? Because you know, like <laughs> at, at three in the morning, oh my, my back. Honey, my sciatica is acting up. I'm gonna go to the uh 3 a.m. massage parlor. That was that's open, but yeah, exactly like you said. But if somebody comes into my gym and does 10 push-ups across the gym from me while i count that's against the law like come on man (laughs) can you at least pretend to think about this stuff like it just makes no sense and i think that's like the hardest thing for for people and you know all this is frustrating and at the same time it 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 shows us and it shows people that have been training for a long time or people that teach it, it reinforces what we already knew that training is really really good for everyone for a lot of different reasons it's a super important thing you know we talk about jujitsu for sport jujitsu for self-defense you know at the end of the day just having that training in your life having that place that you go to having those people that you see that become like a second family um, those hard workouts getting through them all this has such a positive impact and you really can see if there's one good thing to all this shit you can really see that 
what we do and what we offer and what we have and what we're a part of is a tremendous thing that people need. And they will need it when this is over. So whether they, yeah. you know, are not letting us train right now or they're, you know, no matter what happens, we'll keep teaching. I'm going to teach people jujitsu. You can close every gym in the world or everything can go bust. As soon as I'm allowed to, tr to train anyone and I don't have to worry about cops, uh, even if there's no door, I'll, I'll teach in an alley somewhere. We'll put down some uh, cardboard on the ground and uh, I'll tell them about the days in the squash court and tell them not to be a pussy. <laughs> No, my bones hurt. That's because you have soft, hollow bones like a bird, you pussy. Let's go. You know? Show me how to do a cross-collar joke. No, it's just like, because I know it's going to help people. So as soon as the, you know, I told my guys, uh, you know, and girls, just hang in there. Let's, you know, get through this. And as soon as we can get back on the mat, you're going to appreciate the fact that we can be back on the mat even more. You know, yeah, like, no, easy, I, I think you, you take it for granted. Yeah, you, you brought up a really good point. It's just like, just keep training. I think that's the most important thing. It's just like, keep your mind fresh, keep doing what you can, control the controllables. And that's all you can do, right? It's just kind of work your way through it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, otherwise, you know, what are we going to do? You're going to get depressed. You're going to get out of shape. It's another reason not to, not to continue. There's always reasons, you know, for why people stop, why, you know, like you could quit, but you know, we have to try, you have to try to stay in shape, you have to try and, you know, stay interested in, and, you know, stay on top of it and keep in your mind, remembering why it is that, you know, you were going to the gym six days a week, why, what it is about that thing that you liked so much, you know, that hasn't changed. It's just everything's a little bit harder to do right now. So the little, yeah. like, everything's like a shittier version of the thing before, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going over to the restaurant here. Oh, I got to do what? Oh, uh my mask while I'm oh, but if I get to go to the bathroom I have to put it back in it's like yeah this is a shittier version of a night out than I remember but uh okay you know <laughs> let's do it let's uh, we'll let's do it. We're, still, we're still outside and I'm still kind of having a pseudo good time and you know and uh it, it will get back you know it's just uh it's tough and um you know everybody just has to kind of hang in there so hopefully I'm looking forward to it I think especially like the hard thing for um, kids you know uh, not being able to do extracurricular activities, not yeah. being able to do sport. Um, it's harder on them in a lot of ways. So as much as it's a pain in the ass for us, it's, it's much harder on them. So, uh, you know, once things start to open up again, then hopefully, hopefully now it's like, you know, it seems to be getting very bad, but maybe very bad is a good thing because maybe it'll get very bad. And then the majority very of people at it, it'll pass. And then that'll be that. And then yeah. we can start getting back to uh, some normalcy. So, you know, fingers crossed. No, for sure. Yeah. I have one question before we end up. TikTok. Yep. How did yeah. you get yourself involved in TikTok? Because that, honestly, is, that's that's literally yeah. how I found you, right? Yeah. But then Aaron's I'm like, favorite pastime now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, I was you like, know what? Like, I was like going through all this research. I'm like, I know this guy through six degrees of separation. So it's like, yeah. what is going on? It's exactly what we were talking about. I was in the no, it's like now you say it's like the first lockdown. The first time that the government locked me into my house, um, <laughs> I maybe wasn't as philosophical as I am now. And to be honest, I was just pissed off and bummed out. I had a lot of lot of courses canceled. I was supposed to, you know, travel overseas and give courses, lost thousands and thousands of dollars. And it was just I was pissed, you know. And uh, and again, at the same time, I get it. I don't want people to get sick. I don't want people to die. But it was just it's like, shit, you're not mm -hmm. letting me work. Uh, and, 
I have bills, <laughs> right? I got a family to take care of. So I'm like, you know, you tell me I can't work. I'm stuck in my house. We got a curfew, all this craziness is going on. And um, I, I was showing some martial arts. I was playing around the house and I was joking around. And uh, I usually don't joke around like that online. In fact, if you look at most of my other stuff, like especially like Agatsu and my fitness stuff, it is a lot more straight, especially back then. And uh, but in real life, then, you know, I'm, I'm like this and uh, I, I make guys spit stuff by talking about putting balls in drawers. So, <laughs> you know, so anyways, I made a joke and I was showing some self-defense thing. And uh, Sarah, my girlfriend goes, uh, oh, you should film that and put that on TikTok. And because my kids like TikTok, I looked at it and I was like, I oh, would ever screw that. The only time I ever paid attention to TikTok was uh, there was a girl who saw some fitness challenge that we did, like some movement complex that we did on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She put it on her TikTok. It went viral, got like two million views or something. And she ended up on the news. So I was just like, oh, maybe I should have done it on TikTok, you know. But then I, yeah. I forgot about it again because I was just like, oh, screw this TikTok thing. And then... Um, so I, I put the video on, just we filmed it and it was kind of funny and it was a fun thing to do because we were still doing jujitsu and uh, it put me in a better mood. And I put it up and it was like 50,000 views or something like that. And it was like, I picked up all these followers and I was like, oh, oh people like that. She was like, do another one. I go, oh, okay. Like what? And she was like, mm, do another one. So I did another one and acted, you know, ridiculous. And um and then people responded to it and I started to pick up a lot of traction. Like all of a sudden I was like 30,000 followers and 50,000 and 70,000. It was just like growing, growing, growing. And I realized, you know what? It's kind of a fun thing to do because look, there are a lot of serious videos out. And a lot of, you know, you got some good Brazilian guys that are showing jujitsu and they're like, okay, you take his arm. You put your foot here, man. Okay, take okay, him okay, down. Guys. No? Okay, <laughs> he got a foot down, right? And it, it's good stuff. But a lot of it sometimes is boring, right? And uh, I mean, like, look, John Danner, this fucking guy's amazing. But you have to be a certain personality type to also be able to listen to three hours of Danner talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so he's so smart that I'm sure if you like took the toilet paper after you used it and you could interpret the lines and the streaks in his in, in his used toilet paper, that you probably could decode jujitsu, right? But <laughs> That's not for everyone. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so what, what I wanted to do with TikTok and what I try to do with TikTok is I want to show good technique, good jujitsu in particular. I wanted to show and expose and be an ambassador for old school jujitsu for fighting. And at the same time, I wanted to make people smile and give them a laugh because there's not too much to laugh about these days. So instead of just showing a straight up technique, you know, I'd be like, you know, some, some twat waffle with his huge dick beaters is grabbing your neck. You know, and that would be like my intro and people would be like, what the fuck that guy just say, you know, and then I would go to the fence, you know, like, and uh, yeah. And, and people like it. I mean, it's close to 400,000 people now that uh, follow. And at the same time, also I get heat from people, which is really funny because it's social media. I get like all these assholes that think that they know what they're doing, uh, like constantly writing, which is sometimes funny. And it's sometimes sad. Like mm -hmm. some guys have written in, and I look at their profile and I like, I'll look their name up and I'll check them out on, uh, on, uh, Facebook. One guy it was a guy from Toronto. It was this kid. It was so funny. And he was tagging McDojo life as though he was like getting me in trouble, you know? And I even talked to uh, the owner of McDojo life. We were laughing about this guy. And he posted on one of my videos where literally it was a hip throw. And he was like, this is bullshit. You should just learn jujitsu. 
<laughs> and I said, okay, <laughs> what? Oh, excuse me, but what do you think we're doing in this video? He's like, dude, there's no striking in jujitsu. I'm like, there's no striking in the sport of jujitsu. But if you're talking about Gracie jujitsu and you think there's no striking in that, go watch, go watch your VHS. He is my brother, Hoist. Yeah. Like, he needs like let me let and he was just like you know where did you learn you don't know shit and you know like and he's like you know I'm, and he's he trained somewhere in toronto this this kid hopefully he'll watch this and uh <laughs> and i was just like and i'm like you know it's a lot easier to hit throw somebody after you headbutt them three times like just think about it <laughs> like you know i'm you know i'm headbutt them a couple times you know knee him in the it band and they're like super uh, ready to be thrown on their face I'm just telling you, but so I, I get a lot of that. I get people that have these, like, especially people that have, I get people who have trained and maybe been taught a certain way, freak out. Mm-hmm. And then I get other guys that have no training that just write all kinds of nonsensical things, you know, like I would just, I gouge you if you uh, tried to do a triangle choke on me. It's like, really? You think? I'll bet you money that you could, you won't have a hard time finding a jujitsu instructor that's willing to, uh, to let you test that. Just let him slap the triangle on. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll find a lot of guys that'll be super game for that. And uh, they'll have their friends come over and there'll be beers involved. And I think it's going to be a great Friday night, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, you like, listen, keep making the TikToks. I love them. Cause I get to it's see great. them and I'm like, okay. This is awesome because, and again, it's that persona. You make it fun, and, and and that's the most important thing. You make it fun for people to be engaged. And again, like I love John Danaher, but I can't make it through his ten-hour instructional. I really can't. <laughs> like, yeah, I just like I literally want you to look at it and go, oh, oh shit, that was cool. And you know, if you maybe if you don't do jujitsu, go like shit. You know, like I had uh, I had some women message me, and uh, I uh, I had unfortunately over the last two years or whatever that I've been doing this now, a lot of uh, women that have been uh, abused have messaged me and uh, a few have said the same thing. I've wanted to do self-defense for the longest time. I've been very afraid because of things that have happened in the past. And they're like, I wish I had somebody in my area that, you know, made me laugh like you and made me feel comfortable because like I, I watch your videos and I want to learn how to do this. And I see like Sarah beating you up. I said like, I want to learn this. I see her escaping. I see that things are possible. I want to learn this, but you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell them, I go, look, look, when I'm teaching, I'm not making all these jokes. I mean, I, I do make jokes, but not like that all the time. But I said, but there's a teacher out there in your neighborhood who is going to make you feel good about it, who you literally can go to and go, look, I want to learn, but you know, I have, I have this stuff that's happened. I'm, I'm nervous about class. I'm nervous about how I'm going to be. And you'll find the right person. That's going to go, no problem. Come in. I'm going to pair you up with this person. We're going to work together. You know, I was like, there's, you, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot and try. Cause you, there is someone in your area who probably can help you out. And so, and, th- and that's really my goal with the TikToks is I, I just want to get people turned on to jujitsu or turned on to go train, go find a local place and, and go learn. You know, like it's cool when I have people that I have some people that do like some online stuff with me and that's great. And they contact me for training or they contact me, uh, you know, uh, to check out some of my stuff. That's awesome. But really, I want to turn them on to going to a local club and, and learning jujitsu. And, uh, 
you know, like you said, if, if it makes them laugh and then inspires them to go train, that's great. And if they do jujitsu and they see something that maybe isn't quite the way that they were taught, just think about it. I'm not saying it's the only way to do it. We all know there's a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things and whatever works for you works for you. But at the same time, think about it. Like, you know what the single thing that I've posted that pisses off the most people, especially trained people, I had the audacity to say that you shouldn't put your chin down and let someone, you know, when somebody has a, a rear naked choke locked in, like don't block with your jaw. That makes jujitsu people so fucking mad. And I don't know, but if you told me you don't have to block with your face, I would be happy because if you've ever had someone who really knows what they're doing, and I'm not talking about like somebody's cousin's brother's friend who watched WWE and puts the hand on top of the head and does it. <laughs> yeah. I also, they also got mad at that. I said, you don't put the hand on top of the head and guys were like, yeah, that's what you do when you're pushing down to kill. I'm like, no, that's what you do when you want me to take your hand off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah. That's rip, exactly what you rip do. Your arm off. And kill. yeah. Yeah. So, but the same thing with putting the jaw in, look, you there are times where yeah you're hand fighting and i'm hiding and tucking this one thing but if you put your hand around my face and you lock in a rear naked and you know what you're doing my chin being there is not doing anything except for gonna crush my face and then you're gonna strangle me you don't block with your face it's not a it's not an escape it's body movement and head movement are what's going to get you out and people get <laughs> super pissed you know, how dare you say I shouldn't block with my face? I'm like, man, I'd love to see you box. I fucking pay to watch that. That must be wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, man. Like, could you imagine? It's like, hey, uh, excuse me, but I-, I can show you a way out of that where you don't have to get your uh, jaw smashed. Fuck you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Never makes you happy, man. That's and that's the next TikTok video right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should just be me having the conversation with like all the internet people, you know? Like, hey, you know, you you know you could do it like this and it'd be easier. Go to hell. Do you know who I was trained by? Huh? Okay. My hands are registered weapons, you know. So exactly. Lethal weapon, man. Lethal weapon. Yeah, I just sometimes I just assume now that these people are quarantined somewhere. I'm like, you've been locked away for a while, right? You're not doing well, <laughs> you know. And then I go, okay, he's, you're just not doing so well. A lot of yeah. people in the Ontario jiu-jitsu community that are not doing well, right? Eric? Yeah. Oh, you, you know what though? I think it, it's it's like you said, like it, it's it's sad because like there's a lot of people where jujitsu was like part of their life. That was what they did. That's how they got rid of their stress, and they don't yeah. have the ability to whether it's meet up with a partner or like they live with an elderly individual, like they just don't, they can't take that risk. So they've yeah. taken something away from them. So it was just sad, but again, you get those comments and, and all that kind of stuff. You kind of you laugh about it. And it's like, there's no point getting engaged with them where there's like, Oh, I'm trying to try and be a better person. It's like, fuck it. Just let them be them themselves. They, that's their own issue, unfortunately. Yeah. And then you just move on with it. Yeah. No, that's it. I mean, you get like you get a thick skin every now and then one of them will get under my skin or I'll just be in a they'll catch me in a mood. I'll, <laughs> I'll unload on them a little bit, you know, but uh, yeah, but yeah, usually I let it go or sometimes it's good because it just makes for a funny like the, the eye gougy guy uh, the other day made for a funny video. I did like a video, you know, rebuttal to it and it was just funny, like yeah. it's just funny with those guys, too, because they always think like, 
that, you know, a person grappling couldn't eye gouge them back. Like, I got news for you. If I have you in a triangle choke, um, I'm in a much better position to play with your eyeballs than you are with mine. So, you know, like, it's just so funny. It's, uh, it's someone wrote a really good thing on my Instagram. He said, oh, eye gouging and biting the war cry of the lazy and stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were too lazy and dumb to actually train. So they just, that's their answer for everything. Man, I'd bite you. You'd never be able to do that. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. How much time did you spend on the squash court floor? Mm-hmm. So before we uh, sign off for today, any like future plans you have coming up or is it just kind of like go with the flow, move forward. We'll see you soon. Well, right now, you know, I'm, we're waiting for things to open back up. I'm, I am hopeful that uh, we'll be opening up soon and I'll be back teaching at my uh, gym in Montreal. So uh, the website is jujitsumontreal.com is for the gym and agatsu.com is my main one for the fitness seminars. We still have seminars um, you know, slated for a few months from now. So there's still stuff coming up. I am still going to head back to Toronto, hopefully in March and give an in-person kettlebell seminar. Nice. So fingers are, yeah, fingers are crossed, you know, and I, I still think it's reasonable. Like, look, on the one hand, we don't know. On the other hand, yeah, we got to be positive. We still have dates booked. And you know what, if, if things get pushed, they get pushed and then I'll be back in the summer. So it is what it is. Um, and then we're going to start traveling around again. One thing I do really want to get back to doing I had just started it before things kind of really got crazy when I would pop into town, like let's say in Toronto, right before I would usually show up on a Friday and give, let's say a seminar Saturday, Sunday, and uh, maybe kettlebells clubs or whatever. Um, I did a few times. I did the Friday night. I would go give a women's self-defense seminar, or like jujitsu seminar. And then all the proceeds would go to, um, you know, like a battered women's shelter. Mm. And uh, I really would like to start doing that again. So I'm hoping things open up and then we can do that. Cause you know, what do I do on a Friday night in a, in a, in a town? You know, I fly into town, I sit there waiting to teach, you know, I'm pacing it around in a hotel rooms, fucking waste of time. So, um, you know, the idea that I could go out and, uh, you know, share some, ju some jujitsu with some people and, um, you know, also help some other people with the proceeds from it, um, you know, was really good. I really enjoyed doing that and get to meet some like cool people that do jujitsu and are that are into it or, or maybe just getting turned on to it. So I'm hoping that that will come uh, back as well. So I'm going to try and set, start setting that up again. So hopefully that'll be really fun. No, that'd be awesome. No, I, well, I hope definitely for your sake just in everybody's yeah. sake more than anything we're able to get to that point so i do hope eventually in march when you do come back yeah. mike and i'll be able to come out and visit you just say hi even if it's just for a, good, little, a little bit yeah absolutely. definitely awesome well it's been a pleasure guys thank you so much yeah sean it's been an amazing awesome conversation i really do sure appreciate you steve? jumping on no it's not <laughs> steve it's not steve <laughs> and you know well, what's fucked up it's like i I, I, I try to memorize all this shit. And then I'm like, Steve, and I was just completely like, I'm ready I, to go. I'm like, uh, listen, man. It, I, like, like, you know his name I, is Sean. His I name do, is Sean. His name I is Sean. Hey, Steve. I do podcasts <laughs> infrequently, but when I do them, 
That's always my big stressor. And it's, it's a, a weird thing because it's just a head thing. Like I've had guys on where I know the dude and I'm literally <laughs> there. Like I know him, you know, like we've had beers. It's not like I don't know him, you know, but I'll have his name on a piece of paper here. And also I start sometimes getting weird about screwing up the pronunciation of his name. I'm just like, I'm going to say his name wrong. Like I'm going to say his last name in a way he doesn't like. And it's like, you've said his name for five years. What's the problem? I'm like, I don't know. It just gets, it becomes like sometimes like a, a weird heady thing. So it was good, but it gave me a chance to intro myself, which I like. I like, there you go. See, there it was go. perfect. See, I give you a platform. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Go. Well, thanks guys. No, thank you so much. Thank you. Really do appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. All right. Bye everybody.